This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 95. Joe at Calabrese here, folks. I'm happy that you've joined me for my podcast today. You're in for a treat. From my virtual classroom, I'm privileged to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe. Their successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep their triumphs a secret. I want you to hear the excitement my students experience too, so you can be inspired by the unique stories. So with the help from Kate, my reporter, I bring you a podcast series I call Moms with Moxie. Sometimes we even interview dads with audacity or teens with tenacity. See how regular mothers and others, average folks who love healing those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous by simply applying what they've learned using what I call practical homeopathy. I'm Kate, and I want to welcome you back to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. Today, I have a very special mom with Moxie with me. Her name is Michelle. Michelle, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I am glad to be here, Kate. Oh, I'm glad to have you. You have so many things to share with the listeners today, and I'm super excited to dive right in because we have a page full of things that you've used homeopathy for, and I'm sure this isn't even all of it, Michelle, that you've written down here. (laughs) Let's get started. Michelle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a wife to a farmer and a rancher. We live on a lot of prairies that we farm, and we live close to some rivers where we run cows. I have three grown children and I'm grandma to 11 and even my parents live kind of close so all of our family lives together and works together on a lot of occasions. I like to spend a lot of my free time just learning more and more about how to be a good Christ follower. I like to teach. I like to help. I do have a medical background. I'm an RN and I think that's all the exciting things I can think about myself right now. (laughs) Well, I think that is super special that you live so close to all of your family. I know you're close with your children and your grandchildren and your parents. And I think that's pretty amazing that you are surrounded by your family. That's, I think, what every mom wishes for, right? I think you're right. It really is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So living on a farm, a working farm in the prairie, you have a lot of occasion to use homeopathy. But before we hear about your stories, I want to know a little bit of your background, Michelle. Tell us how you came to find out about homeopathy and start using it. Especially, I'm interested because you have a medical background. You've worked in the medical field. And so tell me about that transition. Yes, it's because of the grandkids. The mothers of all the grandkids were starting to use, uh, talk a lot about essential oils. And so I thought, I want to be the good grandma, and I want to learn. And so I know what they're even talking about, because it's their medicine, or they're choosing to use it as their medicine. So I started researching that, and I ended up listening to an online summit that was considered an essential oil summit, but Joette spoke on there. And after I heard her I went back and listened again, and the next day I listened to her again, and my brain just started working, and I kept thinking, you know, is this some new kind of medicine? Is this the latest, hottest deal? And I just spent time thinking for about three months. I didn't change my mind super fast, but I went to her blog site then, listened to some of her podcasts, read some of her materials, 
did some other research, and in about three months' time, realized this is not new medicine. It's an old medicine. Realized how it was made and a little bit about what they know. And I just said, I think I can learn about this. And I did. And then all the kids go, Mom, this is so much better than what essential oils was offering us. It has a lot broader scope. Mm, That's interesting because your children got you into the essential oils and then you brought them into understanding about homeopathy. I did. I have to give them a lot of kudos, but I have to thank Joette too, because she had that gateway to homeopathy course about that time. And all those moms were part of that group that I had. And I knew practically nothing, Kate. I was so brand new and they were willing to join me to learn and a few other ladies. And we have had a wonderful three or four years now working with homeopathy. That's so great. You started leading a gateway to homeopathy group and you'd really were brand new to homeopathy. I was very brand new. <laughs> I was very brand new. I actually jumped into homeopathy by taking a course from her, which was an unusual thing for me to do. I'm not a real computer person, but I have gotten way better at that. And I did that. And then it was like, I want to lead. I want some of my friends to know. I want my family to know if they're willing. And so, yes, I did not know hardly anything. (laughs) So what course did you take? I took the allergic course with her. And that was, it was very interesting. That's one of my favorite courses. I mean, I guess if I think about them all, I could say that about all of the courses, but I really like the allergic course. It has way more in it than you think that it would. It's not just allergies. It encompasses many more conditions. I really enjoyed that course. So that got you started into understanding homeopathy. You led a study group and you and your family members have been studying together ever since. Yes, they have studied different things. Some of them have taken different courses. And I've probably done the most, spent the most time, partly because I'm at a point in my life where I'm grandma and I have a little bit more time than those that are raising the children right at this Mm -hmm. moment. Michelle, how does your nursing background come into play when it comes to alternative medicine? You know, how did you reconcile those two things? Well, actually, Kate, As a nurse, our primary thing is to help people. And what I was starting to see is all we do is keep adding medication upon medication upon medication. And most people I know, and especially since I've had some elderly in my life, they are on like 7 to 10 to 12 medicines forever. And nothing actually ever goes away. And they just keep adding more. And so when I learned about homeopathy and the fact that it could have the possibility of correcting even one or two of those things so that they may possibly be able to take fewer conventional medications, I wanted to look into it and learn more. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that exciting to know that there's something out there that can actually reverse conditions and you can heal. You can heal the the root cause of the issues. You can't. And One of the things that I really liked is there's also homeopathic remedies for so many things that conventional medicine wouldn't even touch, you know, itchy skin and just stuff that comes up and we can do something rather than sit around and wait for it to get bad enough to go to the doctor. Mm, That's a good point. I love that. All right, Michelle, let's talk about all of the ways that you've used homeopathy. Well, I know we won't get to all of them, (laughs) but but let's talk about some of the ways that you have used homeopathy with your family and on the farm. And I want to hear first about those grandkids, because I know that there have been some pretty interesting things that have happened. So tell us some of those stories. 
Well, probably my favorite thing that I found early on when I started with Joette was her first aid chart. You go on her site, you download it, and I have used that for the very first things that I ever did, which broken arm, oh, concussions, abrasions, pokes, and I, I learned those few medicines, and that really got me started. The broken arm one, I remember the granddaughter came home with a broken arm, her arm in the little cast, and I said, you know, why don't we try the Symphytum and the Calcfos, and she took it for a couple, three weeks, went back for her checkup. The doctor says, your bone has healed really fast. You don't need your brace anymore. So I chalk that up to a victory for homeopathy. <laughs> yes. And then what about the fish hook? That sounded horrible. It was horrible. Um, the hook was actually a big three-pronged hook with a piece of bait on it, about an inch by an inch by uh. an inch. So we're not talking small. In the 10-year-old's palm of his hand, he was throwing it out and he got it hooked. He was doing one of those things that we say, please don't do it this way, but he did. It embedded all the way through his palm and his hand. And if I were his parent, I'm afraid I might have just taken with the emergency room. But they cut off the bar band and worked the hook back through his hand, giving him arnica, and they gave him letum, and they gave him hypericum. And the nurse in me said, definitely watch closely for streaks going up his arm and infection and keep giving him arnica for several days thereafter. And it healed nicely. And then I just thought a couple of weeks ago, and they said, that almost looks like there's still something trying to come out in it. And this is my daughter. And she said, so I think we might give him silica for a few days to see if there's still something in there that needs to work its way out. Mm. I think that's a great story. Yes. Oh my gosh. That sounds horrible. So I'm glad that he's doing well. I also have uh, one family who has a tensity at croup and my daughter just typed in Joette Crowley's croup and as of yet has not had to take any of her children to the hospital when they get that. Yeah, those medicines for croup are amazing. They work so fast usually. So that's yes. great. That's great. And I know croup can be very scary for parents. So it's nice to have something that you can do, you know, in the middle of the night when that happens. Yes. Yeah. That daughter happens to be a nurse also. And uh, it's been interesting oh. to see her share with a lot of her friends. You mm -hmm. can do this or you can try this homeopathy. And, you know, she just says, if it were me, I try the homeopathy first and I go to the doctor next. <laughs> Maybe she will start a study group with her friends. She kind of has tried to encourage quite a few of them. She probably will someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have one granddaughter who's had a couple concussions. The first time it happened, of course, the mom didn't exactly know, but she says she fell off the tramp and she's kind of sitting there funny and staring at me. And so she gave her aconite and then she said, I think it's a concussion. And I said, yeah, I think it is too. And so she treated her for that. She actually has done it one more time. So her mom knows how to treat concussions <laughs> by just following the remedies that are on Joette's blog about concussions. The blog that we used for the concussion remedies was called Boys, Concussions, and Broken Furniture. Great. And I know your daughter has had some issues with mastitis. Can you tell us what you guys did for that? I sure can. She had four children, and each time that she had one, she started having more and more hot spots, little breast infections. And by number four, Kate, she ended up with an actual full-blown case of mastitis, which it comes on in about 15 minutes, and it feels like you've been run over by a train. And she was in bed for two or three days with this little baby, and of course, with three older kids that need some kind of care, and got antibiotics from a midwife. 
and got over that bout. And in another month or six weeks, it happened again. And at that point, she had to quit nursing. I don't know if she had to, but she quit nursing. And this little baby has had antibiotics a couple times just through his mother's milk. And so she was a little concerned, saying, you know, I, I'm afraid to have any more children because that mastitis knocks me off my feet. Then we learned about homeopathy. And so her sister and I said, you know, we are willing to help you through it if it should happen again. She did have number five. She had all the remedies on hand. She armed herself with the knowledge that she needed. And she did end up with a couple hot spots and feeling sometimes like she was starting to get like a little breast infection. But Kate, she was able to never have that terrible mastitis with him and never have to go on antibiotics. And that little guy got to nurse as long as his mama wanted him to. Oh, so she just used the remedies when those spots started appearing and she started feeling like it could head that direction. She did. I think there's a blog post called the three homeopathic remedies for mastitis. And I think that is what she used, got the remedies off of that Joad just has written down there, right? For us to just look up for free. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So let's move on to all of your farmhands because I love hearing these stories about the harvest and the calves and how you've used homeopathy with that. So Why don't we start off with the harvest that you call the pink eye harvest? We do name some of our harvests just if they're terribly dry or something specifically memorable. And the one about the fact that most of us ended up with pink eye is memorable. That will go down in the memory books. (laughs) We do get a lot of, not a lot, but four or five help that come in and help us during harvest. It's an intense time. It's several weeks of seven days a week, several hours a day. And this pink eye starts creeping through the family. And finally, eventually, one of the workers that's actually out in the harvest group got it. She chose to go to the doctor. That was fine. The rest of us were using homeopathy. And it was very interesting to notice that she did not get better any faster. And in fact, possibly a day or two slower than the rest of us did. And so that is why we get to call it the pink eye harvest. (laughs) Not exactly a great memory, but... (laughs) (laughs) I've also been able to use it with a couple other of our farmhands. One of them had a tendency to get a lot of bloody noses. Again, during harvest, it's dry, hot. And one night at supper, he was having another bloody nose. And my daughter says, I think I have my kid along. She says to him, are you willing to try this? It's, you know, we told him just a little bit about it. And he said, I'm sure willing to try it. So he tucked that bottle of phosphorus and tucked it in his pants pocket. And of course, he took one. And in five minutes, his bloody nose was much better. And as far as I know, he didn't have very many more of them during that harvest. So we use it for our harvest hands if they're willing. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I love hearing about the girls that come and visit you during the summer. I think this is such a great ministry. So tell us uh, what you do with those girls that come and help out during harvest time. I think I did tell you I enjoy helping, I enjoy teaching, and I do enjoy having girls around. For one thing, they just keep you feeling young. But I've had a couple that stay often in my home during summer for a month or two. And this last summer, we had a couple that stayed, and they showed up. And uh, the one had this terribly sprained, strained wrist. And I'm thinking, she's supposed to be driving a combine for a month. (laughs) And she's already a lot of pain. And I said, are you willing to try this homeopathy? And she said, sure. And Kate, in like two days, she says, I am way better. And in four days, she was really good. And 
Then she went into harvest and never had another problem. But those girls, you know, just things with girls, menstrual cramps, complete exhaustion, (laughs) all those things, there's usually a remedy that can help that through. And those girls, when they, time for them to leave, of course, they've been in my house for a month or six weeks. I said, girls, do you have just 15 minutes to give me? I want to sit down with you. I want to explain just a little bit about homeopathy to you. They were very gracious, very wonderful. Sat them down, gave them my little 12-minute speech and got them to sign up to get Joette's weekly blog and just encourage them that they would always consider that and think about homeopathy as they go through life. That's so great. You've really planted that seed with those girls and now they can have a resource for the future when they have issues. That's great. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the farm next and the animals. I know that you guys grow grains as your primary crop, but you also have beef cattle. And I know you have some pretty cool stories about saving calves. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, I I know you've probably heard Joette say, practice on the animals. It is such a wonderful way to try things out that you hope you never have to use probably on humans, but I have enjoyed it so much. Probably the very first thing that happened with us when I was first learning, I learned that CarboVeg is, the name on it is Corpse Reviver. Well, we were having a cold, wet, snowy, I suppose, um, calving season, and some calves just don't react very well to that. And I remember the cowboys coming in and saying, we have a calf out there. And I don't know if you've seen this, but their legs get straight. Their neck starts to arch back. Their eyes are half closed. And basically, we just know they're probably going to die. They look like a corpse. Mm -hmm. I said, take this out. Stick it in their mouth. Try it. Anyway, Kate, it saved three out of four of the calves in that first season that we even used that stuff. And so honest to goodness... My husband and my son-in-law have told other ranchers that this stuff really works. Mm. And that's a big deal, saving a calf. Obviously, because you don't want to see an animal suffer and pass away. But also on the farm, those animals are valuable too. They are. It's the crop of calves that Mm -hmm. puts cash in the bank and shoes Mm -hmm. on our grandkids' feet. And so that is exactly right. We want to save as many as we can. So tell us, what potency did you use in the CarboVeg? We use CarboVeg 200, and just when they're laying like that, it's pretty easy just to open that cold little lip and stick it right in there. And of course, we do try to warm them up and do some other things for them, but primarily, that was the only medication that they had. Mm -hmm. And do you usually end up giving more than one dose, or is it just one time that you use it? It had kind of depended on each calf, but one or two at the most, I think, that they ever gave was one or two, because they'd start getting better. Mm -hmm. I found that remedy amazing for animals that are having severe health issues as well. It's so incredible. I could tell you one more little story about a calf. Mm -hmm. It was a terrible spring storm, very late spring storm. We could hardly see and we get a call that we have cows that have been pushed through two fences with the storm and we're getting onto a roadway. So we had to go out in this terrible storm to go see if we could get those cows into a corral near a neighbor's house and stuff. And when we got there in the pickup, my son-in-law was already there. He had his three-wheeler unloaded. My husband unloaded his. I'm sitting in the pickup, going to follow them to this farmstead. Pretty soon, I see my son-in-law driving up with a calf that's just draped over the back of his four-wheeler. And I thought, oh my gosh, he found a dead calf. He's going to throw it in the back of the pickup. But instead, he opened the door, 
threw it at my feet and said, oh. I think it's still alive. Oh. And Kate, for some reason, I had my remedy kits, my red kit, my 200 kit. And so I just started administering remedies to that calf. And this is where I'm going to tell you it's important to try to learn them because I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my computer. I was out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I knew to give it aconite for the shock. I gave it CarboVeg because it looked like it was almost dead. And then I remembered reading a blog article that Joette has something about frost nip and frost bite, something like that. And it said to use hemimalis. And so I alternated those things and just left that calf in the pickup until they got done. And then we took it down to our farm. And the next morning, it was up running around the shop. So we went back and got its mother and put the two of them together and watched them for a week. And he was fine. Mm, How incredible. And I know you said too, as a nurse, you took the time to just let its body temperature rise slowly. You're right. And that is something from my nursing background. Mm -hmm. I know you just don't go plunge them in 110 (laughs) degree water and try to rush the process. So, and since it was an animal, we took it to the shop and let it get better. If it would have been a person, we would have went to the hospital. Yeah, right. That's an amazing story. And how (laughs) fun it was to walk outside the next morning and see that calf running around, I bet. It really was. And it was really a a happy day when we actually took that calf to market. Because, you know, we thought, well, maybe it's one of those that'll die during the summer out in the pasture. But it didn't, Kate. Oh, wow. (laughs) So your farmhands have with your instruction, used homeopathy with the animals and themselves. Are they enjoying using homeopathy or how do they feel about homeopathy? You know, each one's a little bit different, but I will admit that it's kind of fun to see. I, I and plan someday to actually make a poster to put down in the barn that if you want to try this, we actually have some remedies down in the barn. And one of them is Arnica. And um, one of the young men who does some calving for us got bumped into by a cow here not too long ago. And when he came to the house and told me, I said, oh, I said, gosh, are you okay? He says, yeah, I'm going to have a pretty nice bruise. I said, well, maybe, would you mind taking Arnica? He says, I already did. There was some <laughs> in the barn and I've already taken a couple doses. So he was receptive to that and he even knew which one to take. Oh, that's great. You had talked about snakes and the possibility that when those ranch hands are out fixing fence or whatever, that one of the worries is that they could possibly be bitten by a snake. And so you do some special things for them to help in case they were to run into that situation. So tell us about that, Michelle. This is one of those cases when you stop and think about something that your family is likely to run into and learn about it. And that's what I did. All four of our homes are where rattlesnakes live. So I researched what to do in case of a snake bite. And so every one of those houses has a a little baggie with a snake bite kit in it and a simple little card that tells them how to use that. But besides that, when the men are actually out in the coolies themselves, we send two remedies with them. We send them aconite for just the fear of thinking you got bit by a snake and then making sure that if you did, then we send them with lachesis And of course, then get back to the house where there's more remedies and then they can get you into the hospital and stuff if you're truly bitten. So I do do that. Um, It's Aconite 200 and Lachesis 200 that we send out with them. But then there's a little bit longer list that's at the houses. Mm -hmm. But that at least gives them some time they can get back after they've taken those remedies and you can determine what they might need next and get them to the hospital, of course. That's exactly right. I think that's why I stuck the aconite in there because I think thinking that you got bit by a snake 
would be a fearful thing. Well, yeah, happened. <laughs> right. And it's a shock to your body. So anytime that there's an accident or something like that, I think aconite is a remedy that I think of, you know, that's what I do. I think if you're by yourself, you sure wouldn't want to pass out from the shock and fear of everything. So let's right. hopefully have that not happen and let us right. get back to where we can get more help. Mm-hmm. Aconite is definitely one of those remedies that you never want to leave home without. I think <laughs> that's true. That's true. So you told us about these little Ziploc baggies with the snake bite remedies. You also do something for your dad where he has a condition and you make a little Ziploc baggie full of remedies specific for him. Tell us what you do for your dad. Well, those little baggies, I made one up for my parents because my dad has a tendency to have some anaphylactic reactions in his past. And one time he even actually had to have a helicopter trip because of that. And so I knew this was a possibility. And here, not so many months ago, my mom called up one night and said, I think your dad's having a reaction. I said, go get that little kit. Give him the APIS 200. Get in the pickup. Start to town. I will meet you. And that is what they did. I met them. I had some higher potency APIS with me. We took it, and even by the time he got to me, and about 20 minutes later, he said, well, I'm not worse, and I think I'm a little bit better. We went on ahead to town. I gave him the medicines I have, or the potencies that I had, and we drove around town for an hour, and he just kept getting better and better, and he said, I think I'm ready to go home, and he slept fine that night, called the next morning, hasn't had another incidence yet, but I do have that little baggie, and it has a simple instructions written rather large so I hope my parents can read it if they should need to in case of another emergency like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah my daughter has had some anaphylactic reactions and we've used those medicines and I just think it's so incredible. We don't need an EpiPen. I mean not I'm not saying you shouldn't have one or shouldn't get to the doctor but we thank goodness have never had the need for that. Right. You haven't had to use it. I'm thankful for that, too, because I asked my dad about that, too. And he said, well, those things are always outdated and they're expensive. I'm like, he's right. They are. And when you need them, you're not sure that they're going to work anyway. And you don't know for positive anything's going to work. But I love the option to take something on the way to the hospital. Yes, I agree. Take it, get to the hospital. And like Joette says, you can sit in the parking lot at the hospital. (laughs) Or drive drive around town. That's what we did. (laughs) Or in the waiting room, you know. Uh, Exactly. My dad also has an aneurysm in his abdomen that they found as a result of him having a reaction to some conventional medicine. It gave him pancreatitis. They did a scan, find that he has this abdominal aneurysm. And anyway, I thought through some remedies that I thought would help him. And he's been taking them. And basically, Kate, the goal with this is that it doesn't get bigger. Because we had to go see a, a vein surgeon. And he says, you know, if it gets bigger, then it risks bursting. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to report to you that it's been two years now. And his aneurysm is a slightly smaller, definitely not any larger. I'm thankful. And you've been using homeopathy with him all that time? Specifically for this. Yes. Okay. He may always have to take that. And that's all right with me as long as it doesn't get bigger. Right, right. That's pretty incredible. Good job, Michelle. Well, thank you. Yeah, I consulted with Joette once and she said, that's just a wonderful story. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You're doing great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I know that there's been 
so many other things. We could go on and on and on about different things that have happened on the farm with the family members and farmhands. So just walk us through a few of the situations, Michelle. Probably one of the things we do, we have a rather large machine shop and there's the first aid box. And inside of that, we have aconite and a couple potencies of arnica. And the men in our family and the guys who work out in that shop pretty much know what to use. I also have calendula ointment out there for them mm-hmm. to put on their band-aids after they've taken their arnica. And um, by and large, they take care of some of the things out there. And of course, they go home to their families when they have something more serious, a bad cut in the finger. My husband did that uh, not so long ago. Came home, he said, it is throbbing terrible. It hurts terrible. And I said, take this Hypericum 200. And he's a typical man, doesn't like to complain a lot. But in half an hour, he came back down. He says, it doesn't hurt at all. I said, well, every time it starts to hurt, take it again. It wasn't too long before he felt a lot better. And I want to mention to your listeners that if they don't know what vet wrap is, it's something you buy. I buy it at the farm store. It comes in pretty colors, but it's Mm -hmm. stretchy enough and it sticks to itself and it holds on like on fingers and wrists, which... For my guys, when they're going to go back out and work in the shop, it's really great to be able to keep those wounds clean. Mm-hmm. I love that wrap. I have it in pretty colors too. <laughs> it's in my emergency kit. <laughs> yes, we sure use it on the farm. We do, especially mm-hmm. for bendable areas that band-aids just don't stay on. And then you want to keep it clean. Yeah. Also, one of the men in the shop got flash burned by a torch. And I thought that looked awful, but it uh. healed up very well. Again, went to the first aid chart for the things to do for burns, took care of it, cleaned it, kept it covered. It got well. Um, Oh, if you fall and you hit your knee on a rock, that happened around here. (laughs) Gimping around for a few days thinking I'm pretty miserable. Back again to her blog. And she has a blog that told us to take some vitamin arnica. And after a couple weeks, it took me a little while. It's out of her tendon, bone, and cartilage blog. Felt much better. So there's those sorts of things that keep happening around here and we're ready for first aid. You guys have experienced quite a bit on that farm with your kids and grandkids. And I'm just proud of you, Michelle. You've done a great (laughs) job. Oh, thank you, Kate. (laughs) So let's wrap this up by telling us what advice you might have for the listeners. Well, some of the things I've done, of course, is to figure out how to make your notes make sense. And in my brain, I actually, probably because I'm a little bit old school, I got myself a four by six card box and I split things up into body systems. And it's possible I do that because of my medical background, but like an anatomy and physiology book says things like the skin, gastrointestinal, emotional, musculoskeletal. And so that's my divisions. And then I add on a few for specific things like cold and fever and flus head. I split that one out specifically so that my eyes and ears can be on that. And then I write on the card the information that I find. And then I write on the back where I found the information, like which blog or which podcast, so that I can always go back and double check it. And Kate, I love those because one of the kids calls and says, I have an eye injury or an eye infection. What do I need to take? I pull my little card out, take a picture on my phone message it to them and they have it. It's that simple for me. So I really like those for that. 
I think that's brilliant, Michelle. I too, I don't know if it's our age group or what, but <laughs> I, I like writing those index cards. Um, if you wake up, say in the middle of the night or a kid wakes up and you have a condition, you can just pull out that card and you don't have to go and research. You can just have that information at your fingertips. But I haven't written on the back of the card where I got the information, which I think is great because if you want to look up some more about that condition, then you can just go there. So I think that's brilliant, Michelle. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The other thing that I do is I buy 12-gauge shot shell boxes to hold my tubes of remedies. And then I write on the ends with a little round sticky that fits on there what each of the remedies are and then I have boxes of them alphabetically ordered and that has worked for me in my situation. Michelle thank you so much for sharing all of this information with the listeners today. You have been an inspiration for me and so I just want to thank you for being here. Okay thanks so much. As you can tell I'm really thankful that I found out about homeopathy but I didn't stop at just finding out about it. I adopted Joette's attitude of learn, learn, learn about it and use it and share it and think about what my family's probably going to face and make sure that I have those remedies in my house. So I just love it that as far as Joette continues to share her knowledge and her sources, I get to be empowered more and more. Again, Kate, I'm so thankful I found this wonderful medicine and a common sense mother like Joette to share what she's learned with me. As I hope you know by now, on my blog, podcasts, and Facebook Live, I offer as many protocols for simple conditions as I can, for free, without affiliates or advertising. But let me be clear, when it comes to more complex conditions, it's key that you learn how to use these medicines properly. I want you to be well-trained. So I save discussions of the more involved methods for my courses in which I walk students through each method with step-by-step training. In these podcasts, I focus on those students of mine who have already tunneled in and learned how to take care of themselves, family and friends and pets, and even livestock using homeopathic medicine. Many of these students began their education by participating in one of my gateway to homeopathy study groups. And now, after taking one or more of my courses, they're well-trained to use my specific brand of homeopathy. I hope listening to this podcast has inspired you to follow in their footsteps. With the proper training, you too can nurture and protect the health of your family and loved ones with practical homeopathy. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.